Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. I want to welcome you to the Equip podcast by Arise Ministries. I'm Pam Keneally, co-founder, and today three very, very special guests are with me, all of them respectable black men who serve on the Arise Ministries Board of Directors. There's Timothy Lane. He's an accounts receivable at JASCO. Uh, Donovan Woods is with us. He's Director of Development at OSU Foundation. And uh, Daniel Haynes is with us today. He's financial analyst at Epic Charter Schools. My goodness, we've got three very smart people here. So uh, I'm thrilled they're with me today. I am so grateful, so grateful for their leadership and our organization in collectively striving together with us and helping single moms create healthy homes. I ask these gentlemen to join me today as I want to glean from their insight on the topic of racism and what we can do to equip our kids in addressing these issues in an honorable way. Now, not knowing exactly when you might be listening to this podcast, I wanted to share that we are currently in the midst of working through the violence and murder of George Floyd and the white police officers. Our nation our nation is outraged. There's disorder and turmoil in the streets and in our hearts. Indeed, this time is hopefully, and I say hopefully, I know it is for me, is hopefully opening up a new awareness of issues and prejudices between the black community and the white community, along with other communities of ethnic diversity, with the goal, I hope, of collectively working together for a favorable resolve. So Tim, Donovan, and Daniel, thank you for serving on the board of directors at Arise, and thank you for coming to the studio today to share your hearts. I'm so looking forward to learning from all of you. So let's start here. I want you to tell me um, why you said yes in joining us for the podcast. Tell me why you said yes, and then just tell me, I mean, how are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? So Tim, I'll just start with you since we were the initial instigators of this. The reason why I said yes for me I believe this conversation is needed. I believe that this conversation is something that, you know, just starts change. So I couldn't, I had no other choice but to say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, how am I doing during this time? It's been, I think I've experienced every emotion. Um, for me, I took the the video, of, you know, the murder of George Floyd, um, very personal. Mm-hmm. I didn't look at it from the eyes of, you know, what if that were my dad? What if that were me? What if that were my brother, my nephews, the, the young men that I that I mentor? What if it were a man of another race? Would I be as outraged? Mm-hmm. Um, I had all those questions. It, it brought about sadness. It brought about anger. It brought about, you know, a joy in the sense of, okay, now that it sparked outrage, now let the conversation begin. Mm-hmm. So I've honestly I felt every emotion yes. in the past week. I appreciate that. I Absolutely. do. I so appreciate that. How about you, Donovan? Yeah, I um, you know, I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm I want to do uh, all that I can. And one of the reasons that I said yes is uh, to this conversation is because uh, it's a part of what I can do. I've seen so many uh, people taking action, whether that be on their social medias or. Uh, protesting or whatever it is, uh, whatever tool that they have to to make an impact. And and I thought this would be a a good opportunity to be able to make an impact. I've had a chance on a couple of occasions to speak to uh, some other other people who have asked questions. That's one of the Mm -hmm. things that uh, I've noticed more so 
than anything is uh, people want to talk and have conversations. Uh, and I think uh, having those conversations and not letting the not letting that be the last step, uh, actually putting those conversations of what what you're learning, uh, putting it into practice is, is, a, is a huge deal. Uh, but again, even having these conversations uh, is important. So that's why I wanted to be a part of it. Uh, and, and like Tim, I went through a lot of emotions uh, watching uh, that video. Obviously, it's very disturbing, but um, again, it's 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 needed, these conversations. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to, to be a part of it uh, and uh, looking forward to being a uh, part of the solutions as well. Mm, thank you so much. How about you, Daniel? Yes, uh, I, I'll say I said yes because I knew it was something that I could do. Um, it's, it's, it's a conversation that needs to be had. You know, it needs to be had, you know, over podcasts and churches, you know, in living rooms of people's homes. Um, and it's not something um, that I want to run away from. You know, it's definitely, it's something I feel like that's, it's where I, talking about it is where I can make an impact. You know, kind of like what Donald was saying. Um, but far as how am I doing uh, uh, during this time, I will say I'm, I'm emotionally stretched, mentally stretched, uh, spiritually stretched. Um, I, I would say I definitely had emotions of, of, of anger. You know, initially, um, my heart goes out to the family, you know, to everyone that's affected. Uh, and one thing that, 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 that hurts me knowing that there are so many people that are hurting as well. Uh, they're just, you know, how, how much I just love people. Mm-hmm. I don't like when people hurt. You know, and there's a lot of hurting people, you know, regarding this, including myself uh, over this. So uh, I'm hanging in there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not where I want to be, but uh, I definitely have come a long way with love and grace, you know, for sure, as far as how I just emotionally process uh, Mm -hmm. uh, the killing of George Floyd. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, I personally have struggled with so many unresolved questions and emotions in my own heart, and I have really wanted to talk about it. I have wanted to to find some somebody that I could talk to and walk, walk, talk about some questions and who better than three men on my board that, that I respect greatly that uh, I want to hear what you have to say. So this is a perfect opportune time for us to do that. So uh, let's just ask, I was just wondering, how do you tackle the conversation of racism? That is, how do you ta- even tackle that conversation? Where does somebody start in that? I think you just start, you know, um, how do you start without hoping it doesn't offend somebody is my question. I think the chances are uh, that it will offend you. Not it won't offend me. I don't want it to offend the person I'm asking. Well, but I mean, understanding that uh, there have been some offensive things down through the years uh, and there have been some wounds and they haven't been healed yet mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because they haven't been talked about, they haven't been discussed. And uh, a lot of the things uh, that were born from racism, um, they are hard to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but that can't be a reason why you don't have the conversation uh, because if you don't have the conversation, you'll never learn, you'll never understand uh, why there is so much hurt and why it is so important to have uh, the conversation. Uh, it's not something that just can be swept under the rug mm-hmm. and and uh, and not discussed because uh, when something like this happens or when something like this happens again, uh, you get 
and an explosive uh, situation mm -hmm. uh, from trying to avoid the tough questions sure. um, for so long. Sure, I like that. Tim, what were you saying? And I think just to kind of piggyback off of what Donovan was saying, I, it came to my mind generational curses. You know, mm -hmm. we normally generalize that into families, but there's been a generational curse of racism in mm -hmm. the United States of America really since the beginning of time. As we've evolved, we've swept it under the rug you know, if something may spark and we'll address it, but we don't address the main issue. We don't educate people of, hey, that's that's offensive to me, mm -hmm. or I don't understand. You know, it's, like I said, you know, if you just start the conversation, if you peel off that Band-Aid, now we can heal. Until we do that, then there's never going to be healing in this land. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I would add to that, um, I think, um, one to tackle the conversation, I think it's going to take vulnerability, you know, on, on both ends to, to talk about it, to be open, to talk about it, to feel uh, feel like it's okay to express, you know, your pain, you know, what exactly hurts you, as well as uh, understanding, you know, for, for, for both sides, for those who don't quite understand the pain that stems from racism, mm -hmm. as well as understanding how someone else who doesn't understand, just understanding that they don't understand, mm -hmm. but also just being vulnerable and being open to have those conversations with those uh, who may not understand uh, to help them understand. So I think just being vulnerable to that, uh, as well as just knowing that someone may not understand, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I think that's a good way to, to start, you know, to start the conversation. Sure. And, you know, I'm thinking about, you may be listening today and thinking, you know, um, how do I start the conversation with my best friend or my, a, a lady I know up the street that's a black woman? Or, or ha, how do I start the conversation with her when I have don't see her very often, but I love her and I, I want to say something? That's kind of what I've faced here the last week. And just, you know, I just um, text him and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. And, and you know, I'll have you on my heart. And how are you doing? Just, you know, just yeah. you can open a conversation by just showing that you care. And I kind of think that's what all three of you are are pointing to. Yeah, and so, I think uh, during this season, it's not surprising to have people who you may not have heard from in a while to reach out to you yes. to see how you're doing. So I think now is probably the most comfortable time as far as, as it's going to get as far as reaching out to those people because mm -hmm. uh, it's it's more so uh, it's wanted. Uh, I'll say it, it's welcomed it, and it's uh, in, in a sense expected for some. You know, because uh, I think a lot of people out there are, are trying to understand and a lot of people know that. Um, so I've, I've definitely had people reach out to me the past week or so that I haven't talked to in years. Mm -hmm. you know? And how'd that uh, make you feel? It, it, honestly, it made me feel uh, it made me feel good. It Were they me, white people or black people? They're white. Okay. They're white, uh, and it made me feel it made me feel uh, that I wasn't alone. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it was just my family that looks like me. Like there's really mm -hmm. people out there that that don't look like me that that want to understand. Like, hey, let's go let's go do lunch. You know, help me to understand. You know, help me see your world from your mm -hmm. lens. Mm -hmm. And I and I, oh, and I yeah. think that's that's okay. You know, so uh, that initial uh, reach out may be uncomfortable because it's probably something that hasn't been mm -hmm. done before. Mm -hmm. uh, but I guarantee you that uh, someone on the other end of that of that extension will will appreciate that. So uh, it's a conversation that it's it's going to be uncomfortable. You know, uh, most. Most conversations where there's a lack of understanding are, no matter mm -hmm. what the subject is. Mm -hmm. So just knowing that, you know, uh, worst case that scenario, they can just say no. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you yes. Know, uh, yeah. That's, that's worst case. Best case scenario, your lens will just, mm -hmm. you know, multiply in your understanding for love, your understanding for the world, and for people. 
you know, roles in that conversation, but also it's not a conversation that's just a one-time event. You know, it's probably a conversation that's going to, you know, continue, to, you know, or that needs to continue, sure. you, know, you know, to be had. So. Sure. Well, any other comments on that? Anybody necessarily? You know, I just kind of feel like um, if you have friends, I'm speaking to white listeners right now, if you have friends that are black, to me, it'd be awkward if you saw them and you didn't say something. I mean, that, to me, that would be more awkward. Not to say, hey, it breaks my heart what's going on, and just know I care, you know, and that that kind of could be a door opener, don't you think? So, oh, yeah, sure. so, well, let me ask you this, guys. Um, what are your hopes? And as I think about as we move forward, our hopes and concerns for, for the future, what are your hopes and concerns for your community and the country as we move forward? I mean, we all have different things, but what are your, really, what are your concerns for our community and our country as we move forward? Yeah, I would say my my uh, my biggest concern will be um, people being closed-minded and mm-hmm. feeling like they understand everything mm-hmm. uh, uh, about people that may not look like them. Uh, and I think the more we talk to people, the more we we open up our, our lives to people, we can get a better grasp of that understanding. So uh, a concern with me, just someone who's thinking, uh, I know it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because yes. I think uh, if we value growth, if we value being the best people that we can be, uh, that requires learning from other people, you know, including those people that may not look like us to get a better understanding of who they are. Yes. Uh, so I think if we can get a better understanding of people are in general, you know, we'll be able to get a better t- understanding of our own self mm-hmm. and be able to see our own self in a greater lens as well. Sure. I like that. Any other concerns that you have for our community as we walk through this? For me, my hope. Um, for my community, for the country, is that we evolve. You know, as Daniel said, that we we're able to look at it from a different point of view. You know, there's things that I grew up in a two-parent household, so for me to say, well, I can't relate to you that grew up in a single-parent household is closed-minded. And as a Christian, how dare I say that? Mm-hmm. So I believe as Christians, we have to. You know, in our, even in our prayer, God, help me see it the way that you see it. Mm-hmm. You know, help me see it through your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been, you know, a challenge for me. There's some things that I may not be able to relate to. However, I want to be able to have a spirit of compassion and empathy to be able to even minister and to understand, you know, where you're coming from. You know, it, it was Paul that said I became all mm-hmm. so that I may win some. So in that he had to see it from a different point of view rather than well this is just it doesn't affect me as it may affect you so i'm just going to leave it alone mm-hmm. we can't do that as believers yes yes i think the biggest thing for me uh and, and concerns about the community and, and the country is um just letting this moment uh stop after this moment Uh, This is uh, something that has gone on for a long time. Uh, It's a hot topic right now, but will it be six months from now, a year from now? Mm -hmm. Uh, Will the effort still be there to put yourself in those situations, to have those conversations? Uh, Will the effort still be there to um, talk to people and, and, and be on one accord with them and want to understand uh, and want that need for change? Will it be um, that way 
uh, a year from now. Uh, I, my worry is that um, this will just be a lightning in the bottle moment mm -hmm. uh, and we'll have to wait until the next um, circumstance to happen before uh, we light this fire again. Mm -hmm. uh, I, it is my hope that this fire continues to burn and it continues to, to um, light the way for change. Mm -hmm. I like that. You know, I think my, I like that. I think my concern for the future, like you said, is unresolved, unresolved prejudices and unresolved issues in your own heart because it's just sitting there waiting, like you said, for the next ignition. And I can't help but think but racial hatred and discrimination are more than just glaring injustices. They're an affront to God. And you said that, Tim, when you said to see it from God's perspective, it's an affront to him to hate your brother. So I, it's an affront. And I, I, I just hope that these are considerations that we can take with us as we consider the future of the our, their country, the wonderful United States of America. We have a part in it to, to do something now to make it better, to affect our community, our neighbors, our people we talk to, you know. So, you know what, I'm just thinking, what do you think, um, what do you think it would take to create, speaking of a community, what do you think it would take to create a society that values racial and ethnic differences? I mean, what, what, what would that take? I certainly hope when we know we'd do it, but what would it take? I think it would take value of, uh, value of those differences as well as unity uh, I'm just like just thinking for like for example uh, any sports teams you don't have everybody playing the same position you have like in basketball you have a point guard you have you have a shooting guard some forwards maybe a center you know you just don't have five point guards you know in football you don't have a team full of quarterbacks each person has has their role and and, and one one role can't do it without the others to 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 achieve the win or to achieve the big goal. So I think just understanding that, understanding that it's gonna take more than just people who look like me who can do the same things that I do, but also it's gonna take some different people um, that doesn't look like me, who are more talented in another area than I am, mm -hmm. who are different than me, who see things different than me, who, have, who may have a different perception than I do. Uh, it's gonna take all of us coming together, working for the same goal. Mm -hmm. And I think achieving that, um, it, it's gonna take unity as well as people seeing that, like, you mm -hmm. know what, I can't do it alone. I can't just deal with people who, who are just like me. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's going to take a difference. You know, mm -hmm. like, for example, if I, uh, you know, for example, if I go to Chick-fil-A, you know, if I want some chicken nuggets, it's going to take people inside that facility that's, you know, cooking the chicken and, you know, bringing the oil, whatever the case may be, the things that it takes, you know, to get that, to get that chick, those chicken nuggets out to the car. You sure. know, it, it takes a team. You know, that's with anything, you know, want to go get our tire changed. Like, I don't enjoy changing tires, but there's people who actually do. And, you know, they get paid well for doing that. You know, so it's, again, it's like everything in our society, we're actually relying on other people. We need each yeah, other. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We're yes. relying on other people to do uh, what they want to do to help us all win. I think uh, if we do that unintentionally, you know, we, obviously we achieve wins on a daily, but I think if we start doing that intentionally in different areas, Oh man, I think we can go so we 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 can do so much yeah. uh, doing mm -hmm. that intentionally mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, the thought of that just empowers me, Daniel. The thought of that is amazing. So, uh, what else might we do to create a society that values that? Any thoughts? I believe um, I'll give you scripture. I'm sorry, um, Romans two and eleven. For God shows no partiality. Um, 
I think when we realize it for God's love, he sees no difference. Mm -hmm. So although we look different, although we live in different communities, at the end of the day, God created us with a purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes us all one and the same. We all have purpose. We all matter in this world. So I think once we realize that, we'll be able to come together. And yes, I mean, there's, there's always going to be differences. You know, as you said, you know, on a sports team, we all play a different position. We have to look at that in the, the sense of the world. We all play different pos positions in the world. I think with this pandemic, what's happened is we've learned how to value grocery workers. Yes. Those who are essential mm -hmm. that, you know, wasn't able to work from home. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's the same with this. Although it's in the media, you know, with, you know, the racial divide, things that's coming out, um, we have to look at it as, you know what? I never even considered that, that I wasn't valuing someone that came from a different community. But now is the time that I, if a conversation is needed, let's do it. But I, I have to value them. Yes. I believe that, yes. you know, until we get to that point, I don't think there's not going to be a change. Mm -hmm. But a change is definitely needed. Mm -hmm. and, and like you said, valuing uh, the people and their views and their opinions. We're all in the same room right now, but we're sitting at different vantage points uh, here at the table, uh, and every one of them is different. And uh, we've all had different experiences. We're feeling different ways about about what's going on, and as we have those conversations, uh, there'll be some potential for some explosive moments. Mm -hmm. uh, when you care about something, as, a, as important as this is, uh, you take it seriously. So there, there's a chance that some emotions might be uh, involved. Uh, and it could stir up some emotions that you probably didn't, weren't, weren't even aware of. You know, I found myself in those situations uh, here recently as, as I watched some of the videos and, and, and looked at some of the treatment and, and the responses of uh, some of the people in hearing how somebody feels about a situation. It's, it's not all of them are positive. And uh, again, I go back to the situation of us sitting in this room. We're all dealing with different things, uh, different vantage points of, of what's being done and what's being said. Uh, but don't let that be uh, a deterrent or uh, don't let that stop you from continuing to press forward uh, in, in finding a solution. Uh, there will be some tough moments. You may say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Somebody may take what you said the wrong way, but don't let that stop you from continuing the conversation uh, and, and continuing the solution. I do. I like that. I like that as well. And I like what Timothy said. You brought in the Roman scripture. It reminds me that Paul said in 2 Corinthians, um, that God, God has, as believers, God has given us through Christ, it says, the ministry of reconciliation. We have that ministry as ambassadors of him. And it's our, it is part of our ministry uh, to be reconcilers because we have been reconciled to God that as ambassadors, I have a job to do in my spiritual ministry, and that is uh, the ministry of reconciliation. And I need, we all need to work towards that. And I think that's kind of what you're saying. You know, we have moms listening today that um, that are raising kids alone, that don't know what to say to their children, that don't know what to say to their sons. And I was thinking last night as I was 
uh, laying in bed thinking about this podcast and how really excited I was to have it. And I'm just really, this more than any other podcast, guys, I've ever done, I've looked forward to this one more than anything because I, because I, because I, 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 I want to learn, you know, this is something new to me and I want to learn more how to do this better, you know, um, but I was thinking last night about our single moms that are listening and I thought all the three men I'm interviewing don't have children, <laughs> but I'm still going to ask you a question because you're wise men and, you know, I've had kids, so maybe I, I may have a few things, but, but the, the question I want to ask for our single mom that's listening is that for single mothers and parents in general, really, what are some ways that that they can explain what's currently going on and how to provide hope for them uh, for the next generation. So I want to ask, what what are some things that ways we can explain to our kids what's going on? Maybe you have nieces and nephews or something you're trying to. So you work with kids. You know, y'all work with kids in the different organizations. So what are some ways that you we can explain to them what's going on? I believe um, with so much that you know everything's shut down you know maybe creating some activities of of history lessons of what's happened in the past Mm -hmm. up until now to show you know the comparison of the the similarities and then really how we've evolved from you know the 60s with the civil rights movement um up until now and how this is sparking really another another civil rights movement um i think that's somewhat uh, of a way to address it you know not to overload you know kids with with the news and you know the stresses of that but allow that to maybe start a conversation to you know just have a sit down at the table you know during dinner Mm -hmm. Um, you know how do you feel about this do you understand what's going on and then you know not only for the kids as an educational I believe for the parents it's educational as well I know for me as a child um, and my parents, I have older parents, and they grew up during the Civil Rights Movement. Um, and I was doing a report on Martin Luther King. So I was reading a book, and there was, you know, just something that stood out to me. So I literally got every book of Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement. So I remember sitting at the table with my parents, you know, saying, hey, do you know this happened? Do you know that person marched with Martin Luther King? And then I would, you know, tie everything together. There were things that they didn't know that happened that I was able to educate them on. So I believe just having that sit down conversation at Mm -hmm. the table, you know, may be something that will not only bring communities together, but it could also bring families together. I like that. Anybody else have any thoughts? Maybe you work with kids and... I will say, um, in in addition to what what Tim was saying, I will say parents, um, um, I will say communicate to your kids how you're feeling. Uh, mm-hmm. And I will say, especially uh, 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 the black single moms that are out there, I think if you can communicate uh, your pain to them or what you're feeling to them, in that moment, they'll be able to personalize it as opposed to it's not just something that's out, outside or outside our house, but it's, oh, man, mom, mom's feeling a certain way about certain things. And uh, as a kid, that's something that I wish my parents, my mom and dad, had, had done with me as far as just show their emotion or express their emotion how certain things made them feel. You know, because I grew up not knowing that, not knowing how things impacted, not not even knowing how the civil rights, you know, uh, made them feel or anything like that, too, because, you know, um, it wasn't something that was talked about a lot in our home. So I think uh, even, even if you're just able to just communicate how you're feeling uh, towards them and then get into the why, 
you know, like, man, this is why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling. And then uh, kind of like you know, how Tim said as far as uh, going back, as far as expressing like the history of things, you know, the when, you know, mm-hmm. when, did, when did certain certain things happen? But also say <clears throat> in the midst of that conversation, uh, you can celebrate the wins, like all the progress that we've made uh, as a country, you know, uh, since then, but also uh, acknowledge and pinpoint the things, the areas that we, that we need to improve upon, you know, so it's celebrating wins, but also highlighting areas, you know, mm-hmm. that we can improve upon. And, uh, uh, and also, also, I'll, I will also say it's okay to express to your kids. It's, it's okay for them to feel vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, as well, you know, because I think um, that's something I know at least for you know in my family or you know in, in the African American uh, uh, community in general is that uh, we grow up feeling that we just have to deal with things ourselves, you know. And I think that's uh, that's a lie. I think it's okay to feel vulnerable. It's okay mm-hmm. to reach out to someone else. It's okay to communicate, you know, that you're hurt. You know, so it's okay to communicate that that you're pained by something. You know, so I'll say leading that, you know, being a model for that for your children, um, it's going to bless them, you know, whereas they're growing up, they can they can learn that it's okay to feel, to have feelings, you know, towards things, but also it's okay to communicate those things, you know, as well, not dwelling all that energy, all that, all that pain inside. And I think once that happens, that's when uh, sometimes people make negative decisions, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and that's so I'll say communicate to them, it's okay to feel, be vulnerable with them, hold them, hug them, you know, uh, cry with them. Uh, uh, just let them know it's better for them to learn from you modeling that than as, as opposed to the news stations just, you know, uh, spilling whatever, you know, they want to spill uh, to them. So I'll say uh, be a model for Christ in your family. Uh, be a model of love, you know, uh, for your family. Be a model of acceptance of all people, you know, for your family because you're, the, you're their biggest impact. You know, you're the biggest uh, inspiration they're going to have, you know, for them. So I'll say if they see their mom modeling that for them mm-hmm. as they grow older and as they go through um, things outside of this uh, racism uh, pandemic, uh, they're going to take, they'll be able to take these same practicalities, same principles, the same values and apply them to different areas of their life where they can use it to, to be successful. I love that. Yeah, I'll echo that. Uh, kids learn from their parents. Kids learn from what they see. Mm-hmm. If they see you uh, doing the right things, uh, treating people uh, the right way, uh, saying things to people the right way, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll mimic that. So uh, it's important uh, and also to make them aware of, of the reality. As much as we are are making progress, uh, having the tough conversations, uh, for some people, they may be unwilling to, um, to see things the way that they need to uh, and make sure that you share with them uh, the reality of that. Uh, because uh, it's important in case they find themselves in situations like that. Uh, but uh, the, the biggest thing is uh, making sure that you set an example for them that is Christ-like and, um, and, and continue to pray that they don't have situations mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. um, that, can, that can negatively affect them and, and our society. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's great. That's, that's just really words of wisdom right there. You know what? I just want to say this. Single mom, listen. You listen to me. You make a difference. You make a difference. And it is so vitally important 
that you have a great relationship or that you work on your nearness to God to be able to know how to instruct kids in situations like this, but you matter. Uh, your kids will rise up and call you blessed and take advantage of these difficult things and challenge yourself and challenge your kids to move in the direction of seeking God's view on these things like Tim said earlier. The worst thing you can do is not talk about it. Uh, the second thing I want you to do is teach your kids in in ordinary moments. Don't wait and say, okay, sit down, everybody. We have to talk about racism. Don't do that. Teach them in ordinary moments. You, you know, you sign up for soccer and there's, you know, five white kids on the team or there's five black kids or there's Asians or there's Hispanics or whatever. Teach them at that moment. Say, hey, how great. You get to play with so many, you know, new friends and you can learn from one another. Celebrate the uniqueness. Take advantage of those moments. Uh, and then, like uh, Donovan said, goodness, model well. Just model well. Your kids notice it's so vitally important. And I think the last thing we've all said and agree with is just talk about it. Don't don't not talk about it. But but do do make it a point of conversation. Make it comfortable for your kids to talk about it. And um, I think this is how we can affect our community, our homes, our neighborhoods, our cities, our states, our nation is to just be open to talk about it with our kids in a positive way. Uh, guys, I have so enjoyed this. Do you have any last moment comments you'd like to make or anything in particular that you wanted to say and you just didn't? Now's your time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will say um, as, as our single moms are uh, beginning to have this conversation with, uh, with their children, uh, to have this conversation with their coworkers, um, their friends, their family, I would say just, uh, just show yourself grace. Uh, mm -hmm. Show yourself grace uh, in those conversations. Um, those conversations, um, they may not, you know, uh, make a big of an impact right away. But show yourself grace. Don't, don't, don't get angry in the midst of those conversations. Be open. Be, be, be vulnerable. But also show yourself grace. Uh, one of my, uh, one of my uh, biggest mentors, uh, he, he always tells me it takes seven times for someone to hear the gospel uh, for them to give their life to Christ. You know, I just can't imagine how many times uh, for, for those, if you're having those conversations who are, who are hard-hearted, you know, uh, how many times for them, it will take for them to hear about love, for them to change their heart from racism. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'll say in, in the midst of all conversations, just show, show yourself uh, grace. And it's, it's not up to you to change hearts. It's up to you to, to, to plant seeds and water seeds. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'll say uh, let God be God. Leave room for God to be God. Don't try to be God towards people. Don't try to be God towards your family. Don't try to be God towards your kids. Love them. Um, teach them, you know, uh, the ways of the Lord. You know, like Diamond said, be a model for Christ, you know, for them. Uh, in the midst of that, show yourself grace. Mm, I do like that. So, all right. Well, then, um, guys, I so appreciate you being here today. It's been a massive blessing to all of us. And as always, uh, we want to thank you for listening to the Equip Podcast by Rise Ministries. You know, friends, in closing, I want to share a few parting words of truth and hope today. God cares. God sees. God cares how we treat each other because we're all created in his image. There is no distinction between the inherent value of, one, of one's race or, or ethnicity over color or over nationality or over social status. And we all know the good news, the gospel, doesn't just mean that, we've, that we're brought near to God, but it means we're brought near to people 
we once considered different from ourselves. And it's here that God restores our relationships with people and groups that we've mistreated. Now is the time to do something. You know, the Bible says in Acts 4, or in Acts 10, I think, that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. This is a challenge to us today, to do what is right. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. We were all given the one spirit to drink. And the Bible portrays this, and I love this, in Revelation chapter 7. It's just glorious to think about this. It says, And they gathered together what there was a great multitude, and no one could number the number of people from every nation, from all tribes and all people and all languages, standing in unity before the throne, before the Lamb of God. Friend, this is, this is our destiny as believers to move in that direction, in that holy place of direction. So, you know what? As we leave today, it is my prayer that our Heavenly Father, the one who, who removes hostility, will bring peace among us. Where there was once strife, there will now be kindness and a genuine celebration of created differences. Where there was once animosity, there will now be a cohesiveness, a genuine cohesiveness of love, a unity among us, whether black or white or Latino or otherwise. In summary today, I leave you with these words. God loves us all, and we all belong with God together. No separation and no difference in status or worth. So, friend, thank you for joining us today. God bless. Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.